forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary Stories, stories to, tell to Tell on the Pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky folklore, creepy, true things that happen to you that you've told us about. It is a comedy podcast about frightening things. So think of it as like if you were playing with a Ouija board and the letters spelled out Brad Garrett. Wow, that is true. It's Thank you. And you know that he, I feel like Brad Garrett would be the sort of person who, if he was asked about the Ouija board, he would say that he, quote, doesn't mess with those things. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, Anna, how are you? It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. I am good. I'm good. Um, the uh, The palm trees in my neighborhood have all been given haircuts that look absolutely awful. Oh, A no. man climbed up. And I'm a busybody, so I Googled how to know when palm trees have been overpruned. And listener, <laughs> you're correct. These palm trees have been overpruned, which is something businesses do. It's something gardeners do because they think businesses like it. But ultimately, it's not good for the palm. I know oh. nothing about palm trees, but I'm automatically looking at this man climbing an 80-foot palm tree being like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> but because they've been overpruned, our... They're, we're being bathed in sort of an apocalyptic light that is reflecting off of the roof's across oh, the street yeah and we can happen we can no longer go outside oh no for a few hours a day because it is like it's like the sun is hitting a mirror and then hitting our apartment my so my parents live in florida and um in preparation for hurricane season you always have to get your palm trees trimmed yes um because otherwise they're too top heavy and that's how they tip over but palm trees are miraculous during hurricanes i mean they were they've evolved over millions of years to not tip over they bend high winds um but uh my mom always hates getting them trimmed because for the same reason she always says it looks like um, when like thin gawky boys get bad haircuts, which oh, is true. It's true. They absolutely look like the sister in Fleabag. <laughs> wow. That's true. Yep. She's a good actress. She's I like a her a good lot. actress. She's a palm tree. She's a palm tree. Um, Andrew, how are you? Oh, doing fine. Um, we're recording this before my birthday, but by the time this happens, my birthday will have happened. The surprise was great. I loved it so much. I had the very best time. Um, <laughs> Do you have any messages yeah. to your future self from your younger self? Yeah. Um, you know what? Get a little bit of sun the next oh, few days. Oh, Just give yourself the gift of having a little bit of sun. And hey, wow. Know? And wow. And wow. So this summer, if you're just tuning in now, which welcome, we're so pleased to have you. Uh, but this summer, while we normally read scary stories from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series or tell you about urban legends, we're focusing this summer on campfire stories sent in by listeners like you. That's true. And um, we're also answering some scary advice for our new that column, is correct. which... We'll is, we'll remind you later in the podcast. It'll be like a little surprise. Yes, exactly. And it will also be a test to see because it takes forever for Anna and I to be able to say things in unison. It was hard enough for us to say get out. Sometimes we don't nail it. Sometimes we need some help from Forever Dog to make those sync up. Um, but saying help. the name of this new segment will be a, a trial. And welcome 
to the journey of that trial. Welcome to that journey of this trial. Did I say it? <laughs> yes, I think you did. Okay, great. Well, um, let's just get right into it. Is that I'd what love people that. like? Um, yeah. Oh, oh well, and just a I, qu- go. No, no, you please. No, you. I, I was going to say uh, the fact that we're diving right into it is going to just be a shock to our listeners, but a real gag for people who are like, I just want you to start talking immediately about the subject matter. Yeah. And for those people, just a quick heads up, if it's your first time here, um, you've been confused. Um, this is, it's like if you had a vegan diner that was ironically called meat barbecue joint, <laughs> like we are not a scary story podcast. We are a comedy podcast about scary stories. We talk about ourselves a lot. If you're looking for a very well-researched one. This is not it. It's very chatty. It's very fun. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. Or it's not fun or you hate it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and then I will survive. Okay, great. Here we go. This is from a listener named Felipe. And the subject line is hospital ghost parentheses, question mark, close parentheses story. <laughs> My God. These <laughs> are the great. scariest ones to me. Oh, uh, yes. Hey. I love the podcast and you guys are great. Love the stories and commentary. It's also a great way to know scary stories to tell in the dark because being born and raised in Brazil, I've never had any contact with the books. Oh, wow. Oh, welcome. Um, great. I've had some suspicious things happen to me, but as a non-believer, I've always brushed them off as just me being an easily startled person. I often <laughs> get, uh, tag yourself. Look, you're in the right place. <laughs> I often get spooked by the frames of my own glasses, which is a bit embarrassing as a 30-year-old. Oh, Felipe. I don't wear glasses. What does this mean? Like you catch it in the corner of your eye? Uh, Yeah, I think it's like the reflection. Or sometimes if you see the reflection of your eye in your own glasses or the glare of that, I I can see how that would be uh, disorienting. I'm that way with sunglasses sometimes. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, Don't be embarrassed. It's scary to see things. (laughs) Yes. The story I'm going to tell, however, happened to a friend I'll call Bill to make things easier. Bill told me that in the late 80s and during the 90s, he worked the night shift at the laundry room in the hospital I work at now, which was built during the 50s and had lots of long, empty corridors and flickering lights after 7 p.m., creating an eerie atmosphere that I unfortunately experienced firsthand several times when I had to work late into the night. Um, let us know if you're listening to this very podcast late at night while working at a hospital. And we will- oh, that I, we're so happy to be able to join you. And we're so sorry that that's the situation you find yourself in. Yes. That's terrifying. Yes. But we send our love. Okay, great. One night he was tasked with bringing, well, this could be Felipe. Who knows? Okay, Felipe great. could be working there right now when he's listening. Um, one night he was tasked with bringing clean sheets to a patient's room. And when he got to the elevator, he had to take, A doctor wearing a lab coat was also waiting in front of the elevator with his back turned to Bill, who greeted him to no response. The doctor never turning to him, showing only the back of his white coat. Oh, no. That's weird. When people don't, like, react physically the way that they should um, based on what's happening, that's very spooky. And I will say, you... um, uh, uh a frightening figure is made more frightening when they're in a uniform and when their back is turned to you th- game over. I mean, that's, that is very scary. This is the ring. This is very scary. <laughs> um, they entered the elevator together. The doctor just slightly ahead of him and still with his back turned to him. <gasps> no, 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 oh, no, no, no. 
And as the elevator was going up, my friend felt an intense sense of dread. After not looking at the medic for a second, he vanishes as if (gasps) in thin air, which is not something doctors are known to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, vanishes in the elevator. That's a scary. That's a scary place to vanish. I have to say. And rude. Rude. You didn't need to take the elevator. No. If you're a ghost, take the stairs. What if Bill had to like sing or fart or something? You just stole. (laughs) You didn't need the elevator. You're a ghost. You can vanish. (laughs) I don't know. Um, As soon as the elevator stopped, Bill got out of there pale and shaking uncontrollably and ran to a friend of his that was working at the time. He told her what happened, hoping she would reassure him in some way. But she just said that he saw something that not only her, but others who worked the night shift sometimes saw. No. Explaining. Oh, Andrew, this sucks. Explaining that nobody ever saw his face. Oh, God. And that she would, at times, see him climbing the stairs just a bit ahead of her, disappearing, disappearing in a corner as soon as she got close enough to see more than just the lower part of his lab coat and his feet. (laughs) I'm I'm reporting this ghost to HIPAA. This is very scary. I have head to toe tinglies. I'm scared as hell. Oh God, that's so scary. That is incredibly frightening. The back of a ghost is scarier than the front of a ghost. I'll say it. This is. It's funny. We we've talked about this briefly before, but this plays into a fairly common trope in a lot of uh, Japanese urban legend ghostly figures. Where like you don't see their face, mm. and then if you do see their face, you die. Well, that's good of the doctor to not show the face then. Yeah, consider it. You know, really consider it. Um, for context, this friend of mine is an older guy and a very calm and no bullshit kind of person. Wow. So him telling this story was very unexpected and unlike him, which made me believe that he at least believed it happened. The power you, if you're a stoic. If you're a stoic, trustworthy person listening to this podcast, just be aware that the power you have in telling a scary story is immeasurable. It's automatically scarier, um, which is a bummer to me as someone who is very dramatic and likes to sort of exaggerate (laughs) um, about what could have been spooky. (laughs) Um, I wish my words held more sway. (laughs) Yeah. If you're, um, if you're, uh, I would say if you're a librarian, if you are um, a string theorist, if you are, if you work for the Hadron Collider, <laughs> can Please. you work for the Hadron Collider? <laughs> yeah, he's my boss. He's fine. He's fine. Whatever. Like he has very specific lunch orders, and if it's wrong, then he freaks out. But just like be clear about your time boundaries, because sometimes he calls very early in the morning. You just have to say. You just have to yeah. Not up. And he won't be an asshole if you're like, "Hey, I'll start at eight thirty. Is there? Um, is it like? Is it?" really urgent that I can't wait till then. And he'll always be like, Oh my God, no, of course. Sorry. I just been like in my head. <laughs> Funnily, I do imagine the Hadron Collider would be voiced by Brad Garrett. Like that, that all kind of checks out to me. That's good. I was going to do an impression, but I didn't feel like it. Uh, thank you. And you know what? That's self care. <laughs> and thank you. Um, <laughs> all right. Some days later, I had to spend eight hours alone in our department, which usually had 25 people. And his story made me shit myself every time any kind of noise happened. Thanks, Bill. 
Oh no. Hope you guys enjoy this and don't mind it being a secondhand story. Of course not. Oh, no. no. Secondhand Listen. is the most important hand. We love those. Keep up the good work, Felipe. Thank, Thank you, Felipe. And Felipe, you keep up the good work working by yourself in a haunted ass COVID hospital. Haunted ass COVID ass. Work I, ass. I can't imagine that. I, I can't imagine how scary that would be. I I'm scared thinking about like hallways that aren't the hallway in my own house. I I, I know. To return to work after being home for any amount of time is scary. To be yes. at work the whole time is scary. Especially in a place that's normally very populated. I think there's something to that too when you're in a place. Yeah, like that to me is very scary. You can sense the stank of humans. I know, but they're not there anymore. They're not there. It's scary. Oh, Felipe, this is really good. I do, thinking about, I'm, Anne and I are not medical professionals, but I do from (laughs) friends or relatives who are nurses. It's so funny thinking of a ghost doctor, which I imagine from their stories would kind of be um, a well-meaning ghost who lacks some social cues. Oh yeah. I also, yeah. The ghost would be like, well, um, why don't you step on the scale? (laughs) No, you look great. It looks like you put on a lot of weight. It's like, uh, let's be, let's just be careful. (laughs) Oh, um, yeah, I do feel like a, a ghost doctor from like the fifties is pretty funny to be like, well, yeah. when do we smoke while helping the ladies give birth when they're absolutely passed out from drugs? Like, no, <laughs> we don't necessarily smoke anymore during. I that. left my whiskey ginger in that patient. I sewed them right up. Oh, uh, we got to open them up again. Now he's going to be clinking around that ice. It, it's good ice. It <laughs> Oh wow. Yeah, I uh I do I, I like thinking about different professions, like the ghost qualities in different professions. Um Oh sure. For like for like if I if I was a ghost when I was a writing teacher, like my ghostly quality would be run on sentences. You know? Wait, what makes a ghostly quality? I think a ghostly quality is like what is what's like the creepy thing you hear? And for me, if I was a ghost when I was teaching it would be like parapsycho- paranormal investigators would come and they'd record a quiet room. And then later in the room, they'd li- or like they'd listen to the recording and it would be a long run on sentence of me very quietly being like, <laughs> well, the important thing with characters is that each one has a full arc and that at every moment they are going for what they want. Like, even if it's a, like, <laughs> like not oh knowing how God. to end the sentence, just continuing to talk. Um, That's like so I'm doing scary. right now. <laughs> a ghost, a ghost run on sentence is a scary one. Like a low, that is. where you have to turn the volume all the way up to hear it. That's was scary. it was it you, Anna, that said that the most psychologically manipulative thing to do as a writer would be just to write a book that has no periods in it, so no one knows when they can stop. Yeah, people would say I couldn't put it down, but that's just because they didn't know they didn't have a sense of when to take a second. Wow, if there are any sociopaths out there who are interested in writing a book, I'll work a no play. Good. <laughs> uh Felipe, thank you so much for that story. Thank you. So, Anna, should we jump into our new segment titled Scary, Scary Advice, Advice for, for Things, things That, that did Have happen. Happened? Or for Things That Did Happen. Yes, correct. Yes. See, we're it, we're in the beginning, we're working it out. We're working um, it out. We're not trying yes. too hard, but no. we're 
We are trying. We want you to think we're cool. So we we feel bad about it if we get it wrong, but we don't want you to think that we're working too hard because then you'll be like, these nerds, they care about something. We want to do a little bit bad so that you think we're cool. <laughs> uh, so I have here an email from Missy. Good day, Anna and Andrew. <gasps> I'm an wow. Good day. Here we go. I'm a newer listener of Scary Pod, and I'm so glad I found you. I really enjoy the chemistry between the two of you, and I just love hearing about Ladybird. I live in a very small rural town in South Australia. Yes. We love Australia. I'm I can't tell you how good it makes us feel to know that we have Australian listeners. It's it's really nice. You're really yeah. good. I love the clothing brand Gorman. Uh, it's my favorite clothing brand. It's Australian. Uh, and that's all I know. Uh, I love listening to your pod when I water my garden late at night. <gasps> wow. wow. Send, send pick of garden, please. Being rural, there is no street lighting and our property has very little exterior lighting. So your pod is the perfect amount of spooky to add to the atmosphere. But enough lighthearted banter that I can actually keep my garden alive. <laughs> good. That's we're here for the plants. We we want to make sure the plants are okay. This is really good. My skill is not storytelling, so please edit the following as you see fit. <laughs> that is, of course, assuming that you can make sense of my dribble. Oh, no. that, this, it's it's you're doing great so far, Missy. Missy, it's great. We're picturing the garden. We're picturing the the very dark. I know. Rural. Ooh. But I bet you've got a great view of the stars. Be careful of all the killer animals in your country. I worry. I worry. We're worried, Missy. We're worried, Missy. Miss- <laughs> I'm so glad you opened an advice column. What do you call a column in a podcast? We're saying segment, I think. Segment. But that's a good question. Uh, because I have a creepy entity living in my house that goes by the name Penelope. She is approximately 105 centimeters with flowing blonde locks, blue eyes. Wait, how tall and was is born this? Born of my loin. <laughs> yes, she is my child. Oh, okay, 105 centimeters. I'm picturing like tabletop size, like very teeny. Yeah, I think I think so because <laughs> uh, Penelope is funny, kind-hearted, confident, and playful. But she often has moments that make us say, "What the." <laughs> We are very careful with what entertainment she consumes, ensuring everything is appropriate for her age. So we're a little unsure where a lot of her ideas come from. Uh Oh, oh, my first encounter with creepy Penelope. (laughs) Oh Oh my God. A scary child in a rural area. That's, that's very, I know, but I do like already that you are isolating her creepiness to like an identity, like with creepy Penelope was when she was 18 months old. She had been sleeping in her own bedroom for a number of months, but like so many other nervous parents, we installed a video baby monitor. Hubby and I relaxed watching Ninja Warrior on TV with the video monitor on the couch next to us when we heard a strange noise from the monitor. It sounded like the bars of the cot being lowered, followed by the cry of a distressed cat. We ran down to the baby's room to find everything normal as we had left it. Cot side up, baby asleep, safe and sound. We returned to the lounge room and returned to our TV program. Not five minutes later, we heard the same noises. Once again, we bolted down to the baby's room to find it and baby uh, to find it. 
Once again, we bolted down to the baby's room to find it and baby as we had left them earlier. Confused, we returned to the lounge room again. Another 10 minutes passed, and this time we heard the sound of the cot side being lowered and some muffled, grunty, sniffy sounds. I picked up the video monitor to inspect baby, only to be greeted with the baby's face pressed against the cot bars and disturbingly close to the video monitor, top lip curled up, nostrils flared, and eyes wide. (laughs) Oh my God. Penelope, you can't do this. You can't. You said there's a lot of great ways to express yourself, Penelope, through the arts and uh, through interests you have. We can't be we can't be flaring our lips up. Penelope, I don't know how old you are now, um, but you you can't you're a scary baby, okay? <laughs> you're a scary baby, and you need to stop. Throughout the years, I have woken in the middle of the night to her standing very close to my face, staring at me. <gasps> I oh. once regretfully asked her what she was doing. In a monotone voice, she replied, I like to watch you sleep. <gasps> no. No. And by she, the way, what? me making that noise was both a, an organic noise that I was making, but also what Missy wrote in here Ugh, with three exclamation points. She Well, she's getting back at them because they do watch her sleep via the video monitor. Oh, good point. Interesting. You know? Yeah. That's a really good point. More recently, after her evening shower. Oh, that sounds so much better than like bath time before bed. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she went down and sat down in front of a full-length mirror, hugging her knees, naked but with the towel wrapped over her head and around her body. When I asked what she was doing, she replied, I'm looking at the little girl in the doorway to the other world. No. No, you're not. You're being weird and you're looking in the mirror and you need to get you need to get to bed so we can watch Ninja Warrior. You can't Penelope, do that. Penelope, I gotta say, I'm I'm team Penelope <laughs> right now. As much as as much as this is very creepy and scary, I do love I know. I guess this is how you know when you're old, when you identify more with the parents than with the, the kids. Because <laughs> I also theoretically am team Penelope. I think this is yes, hilarious. But I also empathize deeply with creeped out parents because of course that that would be terrifying. Um Last Christmas, my parents visited from another state. Penelope loved spending time with her grandparents, in particular, my dad. She told my dad, Papa, I love you so much. I want to squish your face and wear your skin. (laughs) No. That, Penelope, that's where I draw the line. Penelope, you can't wear people's skin. You can't talk like that. It is... It's it is important Christmas. to know that it's it's Christmas. Penelope, don't ruin Christmas by telling Grandpa you want to wear his skin. You can't do this. With all that said, uh, with all that I have written above, I must say, ma'am, what should I do about my child and her penchant for the creepy? Your advice is greatly appreciated, Tracy Vanderberg. Oh, Tracy. Okay. Um, sorry, sorry for saying Missy. In the email, it said Missy for some reason. Oh, it's it's both. It's a Tracy Tracy and Missy. Missy. P.S. I think I would make a wonderful long distance auntie of the pod. Just saying. Wow. Absolutely. To have a cool rural Australian aunt of the pod is the dream. Confirm. Confirm. Okay, Anna. What do we think here? What what should Tracy do about her child and Penelope's penchant for the creepy? 
This is a great question. And I am answering it with my own creepy child. Ladybird is sort of maybe oh, yeah. maybe eagle eared listeners heard her take a, a little drink from her water bowl and she's now standing across the room staring at me like a little ghost. Mm-hmm. Um Ladybird, come here. Come, come lay down. Oh. So I uh, so I get it. You know, dogs are the same as babies, and some would say harder. Harder <laughs> to raise because they are um dogs and oh no um yeah yeah uh i get i get it um but (laughs) of course not uh i i yeah andrew what do you think i like i like that you immediately took penelope's side and thought it was awesome yeah i mean here's the thing my feeling is you don't want to give your kid a complex about their creepy behavior you know Um, so like it's, and not, not that I think you or your husband would, um, but it's like, I think whatever the response should be, should not be shame based, which is just like immediately saying like, Hey, Penelope, stop. That is probably, is probably not the most effective way, especially if you live in a rural town, I'm assuming maybe, um, maybe there aren't like next door neighbor friends for Penelope to become buds with that. A lot of this might just be like a result of imagination. Like I, when, when we didn't have any immediate neighbors, I invented an invisible friend for myself named Sally, which I'm sure creeped my parents out. Um, I would say an interesting turn would be when she does stuff like this to laugh and be like, Penelope, you're so funny. You know? (gasps) Oh God, no, that's going to make her a comedian. (laughs) Wait, that's good. Yeah. Wait, (laughs) Instead, be like, Penelope, you'd be such a good physician. <laughs> Penelope, have you considered learning a trade? <laughs> or or instead to laugh and say, Penelope, you're so creative, you know? Oh, it's still a risk because maybe they'll be a writer. Uh, like, Penelope, you're such an engineer. Penelope, <laughs> that's good. Penelope, yeah, I, I the laugh is so smart. A, like, a laugh is a good way to... Um, to destigmatize the behavior, but also re reroute it in something that is not so, so like she's not trying to be creepy, so that she's not enjoying the feeling of being like, I love creeping my parents out. Yeah. Although isn't there like rules about when you shouldn't shouldn't laugh at children's behavior? I think what what I've heard, and and there are people who know way more about this than I do, which well, is no, just you, whatever. You have a lot of nieces and nephews, and you're an excellent uncle. So Thank you. What what I've learned is that um, when a child hurts itself, you shouldn't laugh, but you should like like you shouldn't laugh to be like ha ha ha, ha everything's fine. But in, and but you also shouldn't be like oh oh no are you okay? But to be like to be very even when some when like when risky behavior happens. That's what I've heard about laughter. Um, what have you heard, Anna? Uh, that it could encourage the behavior. Oh, like certain things. Like I heard someone saying, "Oh, we're trying not to laugh at when he does that because he just will do that all the time." That's a good point. Um, but I mean, maybe another thing that could be done, Tracy, is to say, um, to like ask more questions. Like something I would do as a kid is I would repeat things that had happened to my parents. And then sneak in something that I knew didn't happen so that they could confirm what reality was. Like, I'd be like, remember when we went and we grilled outside? And they'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, and we saw those birds that flew over us? And they'd be like, yep. 
And then I'd say like, and then a bear came and fought mom and they'd be like, no. And I'd say, that's right. Like I was trying to gauge what had really happened at any moment in time, (laughs) which is maybe outing me as also being a creepy kid. No, that's very smart. Um, It's important to establish reality. Um, Yeah. So maybe like, maybe depending on, uh, and parents know more than we do, but like a laugh and like a, you're making things up or like a, maybe like a, maybe go liar. Um, (laughs) Maybe that. Or like, oh, well, when it's stuff like the little girl in the mirror, maybe because because also kids play games, you know, and like make believe games, and maybe just like asking more about that world would be interesting. I this is my thought. I think like kids aren't always prepared to field responses to exactly what they've said. Like I think mm-hmm. sometimes kids are prepared to be ignored by adults. Or yes. like, a, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Not to say that you're doing this, but like I, there was a little boy at a dog park who came up to me and was like, and my dog and he's this and that dog and he fell down. My dad, he fell down and it fell down. The dog, dad fell down. And I was like, oh, wow. What was that like when they fell down? Or like, and how old is your dog? And he, there was a moment of stunned. He was like, oh. and he's six years old and he fell down and then the seven and he <laughs> fell down. I'm like, great. And how old are you? Like, I'm five. Like, oh, so he's older than you. Yes, he's older than me and he fell down. Um, oh my God. It's a lot of falling down. But um, yeah, I think asking more questions in response. Yes. Like, oh, you're the little girl in the other world universe. What was it? Uh, the little girl in the other world. Yeah. Like, oh, what's the other world like? Yeah. I think that's like, good. What's and, the difference between you and that girl? And what that might do is that might create like – that might sound like scary advice because um, it's opening you up to more creepy things being said, but often the more a kid explains like a spooky thing they've said, the more you get the context of what they're talking about. Um, Correct. This makes me think, and this wasn't so much spooky, but it was just a funny thing. I know I've talked about this in the pod before. This goes in the um, Chris Ryan Memorial Fund for <laughs> podcast stories. Um, but my my niece and goddaughter, when she was very little and would ask for something, she would ask very politely. But then afterwards, she'd say, I told you nine times. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I love she, this. So she'd go like, she'd be like, could I please have a glass of water? I told you nine times. Or like, um, I'd be like, do you want ketchup on your hot dog? She'd be like, uh, yes, please. Ketchup. I told you nine times. And I finally was like, well, no, you did it. You just told me one time. And I could see in her eyes. Like what, what the answer to that weird behavior was, was that when her mom would ask her to do something like a chore on the house, she would have told her several times. Like I told you nine times, clean up your room, you know, or like I told you nine times to put your shoes like on the mat. And she just thought that was a thing that you said every time you asked someone for something. <laughs> that was how you conjugated the verb to make it a command. Yes. yes. So like, whereas she always asked so politely, yeah, like, could I please go outside? I told you nine times. Like, it was just, it was just what she thought. <laughs> it's just what she thought was human speech. She's going to be an executive one day. I hope so. I think she's Very- got it in her. Very forthright and and sort of demanding, and (laughs) this is her final offer. Yeah, just a subtle bit of gaslighting. (laughs) Yep. Um, 
Well, and also I, one thing that might work with um, your daughter, Penelope, just uh, with sort of in light of like calling out, no, you didn't tell me nine times, like maybe say like, oh, you're being, you're being a little scary right now. Aren't you? Yeah. Oh like, yeah. The name it. That's good. That's like, good. Say like, you don't have to do this all the time. This doesn't have to be when you're going to bed and bath time and nighttime. Like there are times where you are scary. It doesn't have to be your behavior all the time. Yes. And maybe even like if you're trying to wean her off spookiness, like one spooky thing a week, you know? Oh, well, that's not enough. Well, well, three? well maybe, yeah, maybe three spooky things a week. Yeah. D- depending on, depending on what you and your husband are up for. Uh, yeah. Like, and, and it depends on how spooky she is. Right. I guess to be, yeah, to be fair, we're spooky two times a week. So for Penelope, <laughs> we'll throw her a third one. Yeah. That she can take the third up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think also just, um, this is a groaner response, but I think, uh, maybe also enjoy it a little bit because she's oh. not always going to be a little, a little creep. <laughs> One day she's gonna be a an old creep. Uh, she's gonna be <laughs> she's gonna be a preteen with a head full of ideas. And right now she's just oh maybe that she's looking at her future self. She's looking at the girl um, in the other world. I will say in the other world. In this same line, Anna, something that that I recommend um, that again. It, not not to steer someone so firmly into uh, the field of being a writer or comedian, uh, but to every time she says some of these things, like turn it into a thing with her where it's like, oh, we're going to write that one down. Like we're going to have to remember that one. Or like the little girl in the mirror from the other world, like maybe before if she's not able to write yet, like help her write a story about that, you know? Um, yeah. Or ask her like, where'd you get that idea? Or like, oh, did you that's that good. That's really good. Um, do you mean yourself? I also think that this advice is mostly for you to feel less creeped out. Like to say like, yes. oh, you're being scary right now is like, okay, she's doing a thing and she's being scary. She doesn't, she isn't like a portal to to ghost world. <laughs> Unless she is, in which case. Unless she is, in which case, you know, we just, we send our best wishes. We send um, our best wishes and we're sorry. Yeah, and- that's hard. That's going to be hard as rural parents. I feel I feel confident though, Tracy, that you and your husband sound like such lovely people, and you've raised uh you've raised a daughter so far with a really great imagination who seems to behave very singularly. And yes. I do think those are all very good things. I think so too. Good job, damn it. Good job, damn it. Oh, I really liked this one. This one was very sweet. And I just also, you are a good writer, Tracy, because the way that was framed in introducing Penelope was super smart. Love that. Very good. Very good. I also apologize. I think a lot of people who are parents of like evil toddlers or just toddlers are all evil, but like people (laughs) who have very young children are frequently the advice given to them is like, well, enjoy it because one day they'll be older and you'll miss these times and it's like yeah i get it but right now i'm like at war <laughs> like i can't <laughs> well, be grateful all the time right and 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 also like you know you gotta you gotta find ways to you gotta find ways that you're not creeped out all the time so we definitely feel for you yeah um, this is first and foremost a parenting podcast i there are definitely in my in the past have been people in my life who I ask them their advice, nothing because we have the opposite sensibility just to get a sense of like, what, what would be the furthest from my judgment? 
And sometimes oh, yeah. that's interesting too. You know? That is interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when it comes to, I'll say it, dating profiles. Hey, hey. Um, if you're not getting the nibbles that you want, have somebody who belongs to the group that you're trying to date, whether it's men, <laughs> women, cool people, um, you know, Vampires. ghost doctors, whoever it is you're trying to date, yeah. have someone who belongs to that group look at your profile. This and is great advice. This is really good. My friend Amanda, uh, Amanda Savage, very funny, very cool person. Um, she and I met randomly because her roommate invited me. We knew each other from NYU. And she said uh, that I could sleep on her couch. And then I got to when I visited LA. And when I got there, she wasn't home and they didn't have a couch. But then <laughs> her, her, <laughs> we were all young. But her roommate was Amanda. And she was like, sleep in my bed, be on my podcast. This is my chihuahua named Petunia. And like she's an LA hot girl and like has been to Drake parties and like wow dates hot people and just knows forest rangers on Catalina Island and like we occupy absolutely opposite social strata. But she like I think we are helpful to each other in that it's like, whoa, we have nothing in common and should never have met except in this like uh sort of kismet. A real Darman Greg situation, but um, she looked at my dating profile for me and she gave me the, the hot girl tip, um, which is to uh, never speak in complete sentences. Wow. <laughs> and, and I will say that is how I met Jason. And he says <laughs> that was the, the first and only person I talked to after she revamped my profile. And <laughs> he says that normally uh, a terse profile like that would have uh, turned him off and says that he, he likes it when women talk in complete sentences. But... <laughs> I will counter well, with, you know, we're dating. That is a good point. That is a good point. Well, yeah, it is. I think it is really helpful. And that's why Anne and I are great people to ask for spooky advice from because we are so spooky averse, you yes. know, that, um, yeah, whether whether you agree with our advice at not, or not, maybe the answer is like, oh, Anne and Andrew are completely opposite from me. Um, so I'm just going to do what the opposite that they said was, which I also think is valid. With the opposite of what they said was. Yeah, I've noticed. You might have noticed in the past couple episodes, listeners and Anna, that um, I'm saying sentences with great confidence, as though they are uh, classic platitudes or phrases that aren't. I think, didn't I say like, and we can all welcome the enjoyment together? Which I'm like, what is that? Sounds That's not. Sounds right. It sounds like an Amazon <laughs> description for a hammock. And then, and then it's like you have no, like you've looked up where the where the hammock is made, and it's a country that you've never even heard of. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, oh, interesting, interesting. Um, but Tracy, thank you so much for this advice, and Felipe, thank you so much for your very creepy story. These were yes. really good ones. And Penelope, thank you for the um, doorway to the other world. Yes, absolutely appreciate it. We wish the best best to Penelope and to uh, the girl in the other world. Yeah, Penelope, creep on, creeping on. Um, <laughs> creep on, creeping on. Anna. Merch. Where is the wow. merch? When are we getting merch? We don't know. I know. It's happening. We're, we're working on it. We're it's the it. most pressing concern. We will. Here's the deal. Here's our goal. Our goal is by the time that it's like Halloween season, heading into Halloween season, we're going to have that merch for you, I think. I think that's the goal here. We're going to have it for you. Oh, before we go, Anna, um, can I just do a quick little entry into a column we like to call, I was wrong, okay? Yes. So there are two things that I got wrong last week, and we just have to cover them. Okay. Um, one of which, really, we got a deluge of these responses, not in a not in a snarky way, but in a funny way. 
Um, I was talking about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and instead of saying the character Veruca Salt, oh, I said Ferruja Balk. Balk. And I was like, oh, what? wait a minute. And I didn't know much about whatever movie she was in as a young person or uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so I just let it happen. I was like, maybe she was in it in the, the 60s. Poor, the poor Warren saying. Brothers must have been like, oh, Andy has gotten real weird in our absence. Turn my head uh, inside out. And then the other one, which I'm particularly horrified by, and this this is one Chris pointed out. Um, I absentmindedly, when giving Mara Wilson, dear friend of the pod, guest of the pod, and such a funny writer and storyteller, um, I I said her wrong Twitter address, which is just at Mara Wilson, which makes much more sense than whatever I said. That's true. Yeah. Um, so those are the two things I was wrong about. I'm sure there were more. Please feel free to let me know. Um, I'm very open to it as you well know by now. I feel, you know, I, I, but I do feel an obligation to, uh, write my wrongs. Tell me, tell me when I'm wrong, but make it sound like Andrew did it. And I think that's best. Right. I think, I think when, when that's the case, just do Andrew with two N's. Just say Andrew with two N's. Oh, no. Oh, I don't like when there's a clear way to know, but that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, there's no way for the listener to know. Only only we will know. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Definitely. Uh, uh, but Anna, this was just a real treat. Oh, it was the best, Andrew. Thank you. And thank all the listeners who sent. And thank all the listeners who sent. And, absol- <laughs> and everyone going to be good. That's fine. <laughs> And we're nice. welcoming the enjoyment together, everybody. We're and welcoming it together and we're creeping and everyone's parenting. <laughs> Get, Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.